And welcome, everyone, to the Circle Debate Podcast. It's the host of Devious One, Ivan C. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by an incredible, fantastic guest that I have here today. Because this individual, he's not only just batting two belts, okay? He's batting two belts because he is the alpha baddie. He is also the bilingual baddie. Porque él siempre puede, 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 porque es J. Vidal, como siempre. Señoras y señores, and ladies and gentlemen, Help me welcome the FSW No Limit Champion and the PCW Ultra Lightweight Champion, and that is Jay Vidal. How are you, Mr. Vidal? I am doing fantastic. I can't complain. I am winning right now. Life is good. You know what? I said it November of last year. It was Jay season. Jay season has not slowed down any time in the past i don't think it's gonna slow down anytime soon so i think we're on the best road possible how are you doing good good and you know what you say that what a fantastic journey you had you know throughout your career you know i know you started a couple years ago you know in the business but everything went it was you know jay by those season you know from how you mentioned from last year you know by winning the pcw ultra the lightweight championship and also winning the fsw no limit championship so I know everybody asks this question very quick, but I, I just want to get it out of, you know, here on the show for our viewers and, and subscribers <coughs> and fans, if you could just, you know, take us, you know, through your journey, how it all began in, in your own words in breaking into the business of professional wrestling. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I actually remember I was, um, I was living in sunny south florida hollywood florida i was a, i'm a broward county boy raised in broward county florida um and i just woke up one day man and i was depressed and i had no clue why i was so depressed and then it hit me i'm like you know i'm not doing what i want to do with life like i want to be a professional wrestler i was 18 at the time i was able to call up a school they took me in um my earliest memory is going into the parking lot and seeing this big, you know, white tattooed up vampire just like walking right in front of my car. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's Gangrel. Like I'm, you know, marking out cause I've never seen, <laughs> you know, like somebody who I grew up watching so up close. And I remember just, it was, I didn't even ask him about this cause he jokes about it all the time. I was pulling up, he was passing by here, was kind of in like an alleyway, the, you know, suspect part of uh, South Florida. <laughs> and he looks right at me and he's like, literally just eyes wide open. I'm like, oh my God. And he looks directly at me and says, the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> and, uh, uh, TVMA, you can curse right here all the fuck you want. So there you go. I'm cursing yes, you. So you're, yes. you're good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, that was my earliest memory of wrestling. And yeah, as they say, you know, the rest is history. He he took me under his wing and trained me from from the ground up, man. I'm super grateful for him too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, and how is it actually, you know, Gangrel, like with his students overall, like how he trains them? Is he really a it's really tough how certain people will say that I that I know that's trained alongside with him. Uh, because I, I know people from Knox Pro that have trained alongside with him, too. He's come as a guest trainer, and he's he's a, he's a tough ass. So I don't know, like, how, how was he with you, like, in your relationship uh, with Gangrel throughout the training of your career? Oh, man, he was hard on us. He was really hard on us. Like, he does not take no for an answer. It, like, you're going to get it or you're going to get it. It's going to be one of the two. 
he believes in you, he goes the hardest on you. I think I'm super grateful that I went through that really hard experience. Um, I call it very old school way of teaching because, uh, you know, new school, some people don't like to be taught like that. I think it's super necessary to be taught with that type of, you know, aggression. He always said it himself. I remember I went to his wedding. Uh, oh my God, what was that like about two months ago, I went to his wedding down in South Florida and we were drinking and we were laughing and we were talking about it. Me, him, and actually uh, Miro was over there too, which was really cool. And uh, we all talked about his training and how hard he is. And he looked at us and, you know, he said, yeah, but hey, you know, I always knew if I could break you guys down in front of me, you know, like right there at my school, when you stepped out there into the real world of wrestling, there's nothing nobody could do to you from then on because you'd have such thick skin. That's awesome. That's, that's great advice there too. And, you know, seeing, you know, seeing your career, how you developed into Vidal itself. I mean, I know that prior you were kind of like a raver type and then it was like, okay, wasn't my style. You switched it up. You became actually yourself. And which, you know, honestly, it, it intrigued myself and that, you know, intrigues my other hosts as well. And we're such big fans because of the way how, you know, you work in the ring and, and how you represent yourself outside the ring as well. And you're honestly going to say right now, just get it out of my chest. You know, you are an inspiration to, especially for the LBGTKQ community, you are an inspiration for everyone. And, you know, and I commend you for what you're doing right now as we speak. And I'm saying that from the heart because you are, you're, you're kicking ass or you're, you're fucking killing it. So I give you, I commend you. I commend you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate, that means the world, man. I will, I'll tell you what, my first, my first character was, I think, who, maybe who I kind of was at the time. Uh, I, you know, whenever somebody brings up the Jaden Rhythm uh, <laughs> Raver character, I kind of try to turn the other way and be like, "Who? Who's that again?" Uh, <laughs> if we're if we're confronting if we're confronting those uh, those demons real quick, uh, no, I was a raver and I used to party a lot, and I thought, you know, I thought that's who I wanted to be in wrestling. I did always realize I never connected because you know what what is you know when you go out there, you're like, "Yeah, I'm a raver." Okay, and. You know, who is this, who is this connecting with? Who am I getting across to? And I, there would be times when I would, unfortunately, because of how deep I got into that party lifestyle, I would skip training or, you know, skip shows to go to raves and festivals. And it was after Ultra 2018 where uh, Gangrel actually sat me down and said, hey, you know, like, I care for you, but you know, you gotta, you gotta get it together. Like, cause you got potential, but you're throwing it away. And that's when it really opened my eyes. Like, Whoa, here's this guy, you know, who I grew up, literally grew up watching and admiring. And he's telling me that I have potential so that I need to get my, you know, my shit together. Yeah. And, uh, that's when I think that that character actually really died. I mean, I carried it on for like a year and a half, maybe, years after that but <laughs> until i was able to fully show who jay vidal is which is just really me turned up to a thousand yeah. uh, but in that point in time man that's when uh that whole raver character died so i'm super again you know I, you will probably hear me putting him over a million times uh, during our our podcast i should hear but man i'm grateful for gangrel and everything that he's done for me I'm glad, and I'm glad you had your second opportunity and actually develop and you know, introduce to the whole world itself 
who you know Jay Vidal, who he really is, and I loved it and I enjoyed it. Uh, don't don't trip. I, I was an EDC. I, you know, I was a Raver guy too. EDC. I would go a lot. Paul Van Dyke yes. is still one of my favorites, so I, I still listen to Paul Van Dyke to this day. Even like here and there, like I go back to the old school days. Oh shit, I but it reminds me like 05, 06. Like those are the like Raver days that I when I was a little bit younger. Like fuck, man. those those were the times, man. Those were the good times. I mean, and I see the new people now going. I'm like, the fuck is this? I'm like, okay, it just it's different for me, you know. Like because I'm, I'm old school, you could say that's part of well and yeah and i also think that you know there's we at least you know we we're able to get it out of our system that's a one good thing yes i notice in wrestling especially people will get into wrestling young like i got into wrestling at 18 this people will get into wrestling at like 16 17 and then they won't really get to experience that party lifestyle so when they become you know 18 19 20 21 they start partying midway through their wrestling you know career and get sucked into that path i'm glad that i've had all my crazy partying experiences from 18 to 20 just about 18 20 21 that now i'm just like okay that was great if i were ever to i think the last time i actually really went to a rave was late 2019 right before the like right literally Smack dab before 2020 and before everything shut down. I remember being in a rave and looking around at me like, man, this is fun, but I'm so over this, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad, you know, that again, I, I went through it and, you know, I'm glad to say I went through it, have all those great experiences, but now it's, you know, now it's time for the, to try to get my name out there in the big lights, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a phase that we all go through to our teenage years and early 20 years. I mean, yeah, it, it, we could say, we can at least say that was we checked that bucket list off. So, like, okay, that, at least we did that shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the asks, well, so how, you know, how did you develop and what was your influences of, you know, exposing, you know, pretty much putting the Vidal on the market and all over the world? So, what, I know you grew up with attitude, I'm assuming, correct? Or do you, what other, like, or versus aggression or like what, like, what was your influences of developing? Jay Vidal, what was the influences? Who were you watching most of the time when you were watching, I'm assuming, like WWF either or WCW or ECW during the time? Oh, wow. So, fun fact, I clicked in my head to make this character come to life when I was, it didn't even include wrestling. I was listening to a Nicki Minaj podcast and I love rap music. I'm a big, like, rap enthusiast hip-hop enthusiast and female rap is one of those things i always think uh somebody who's in the lgbtq community gravitates towards because you don't have gay artists or you know well-known gay artists but you do have female artists and you know we connect with that femininity and you know the power of that femininity there so i always was a huge fan of Nicki minaj and i remember just like listening to her podcast and i'm like wow, you know, like nobody, there are um, LGBTQ talents out there at yes. that time. You know, you had Sonny Kiss, you had Jamie Senegal, um, you have Effie, but nobody's really doing a quote unquote gimmick like this. Uh, so I just said, hey, I go to clubs all the time. I was kind of like, you know, raised, I like to say I was, uh, I was raised in clubs down in South Florida because clubs over there are 18 and up. So you'd always go, you know, they give you the, 
when you go in there, you'd have to have a wristband to drink and you just walk in there and you go to the bathroom. You may find a wristband on the floor, put it on and buy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a troll for it now. So, you know, but like by 18, 19, 20, you know, I'm usually over there, you know, at clubs drinking down in Miami. Um, but so, you know, it's, was me so i said i'm gonna put this into a character and i'm gonna turn this up 2000 i'm going to start painting my nails one because you know i think it expresses uh femininity in men and two because you know i want to start painting my nails too i would even uh at the time i didn't have a car so i would paint my nails and uh go on the bus and i said i'm gonna get comfortable having nail polish on the bus because this is who i'm gonna be from now on <laughs> so, you know, if I can get through crazy people on the bus looking at me crazy, I could get through any fan that's gonna, you know, maybe think certain type of way about it. Uh, yeah, and then I started studying a lot of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels has always been one of my all-time favorites. And, man, I went back to that, you know, mid-90s, uh, late-90s Shawn Michaels and just studying, studying, studying and seeing how I could incorporate that into my character. I grew up in the ruthless aggression era more than the attitude era, but you know, I, the attitude era will, I think always have my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. And, you know, and, and nothing wrong with this, this uh, you know, a lot of people bash on the ruthless aggression era, but I mean, there were some certain great moments that happened from there. And then if it wasn't for like that, you know, we wouldn't have to see Ms. Ordens, Batistas, and we would have now to this day, you know, people, some people don't really understand that, you know, and, uh, for me, the way how I feel about your character and how I see it for me as, as a spectator, you know, you do remind me of that flamboyant of Shawn Michaels. You have that on yourself. I can I could go back to old school. You have a, even a little bit of, you know, ravishing Rick Rude a little bit on me. I can even say, hell, I'm gonna say I'm a, you were like like for me like even Val Venus too. You have that little that flamboyancy from all of them combined, and it's for me it's awesome. And not only that, just your performance as well, how you know how you develop your your craft, and you scared out of shit, you know, people because I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna fly from one place to another, like Jesus Christ. You have also like the mixture of ricochet for me too, man. I, I, I tried it once. I I got injured, not doing it again. But I commend you for doing all of what you've done. <laughs> so talk to me about your first, like your first match. Was it a singles or was it a tag or? You know, how was the first experience performing in front of a, you know, of a live crowd? I'm pretty, I'm assuming, correct if I'm wrong, maybe like well, 100, 200, maybe a little bit more than that in front of, you know, the audience. How was, you know, was the stage fright? How, how was the first feeling performing in front of a live crowd? My first match. Um, <laughs> uh, my first match was at the Hialeah Flea Market in, uh, or I'm sorry, the Opelika Flea Market down in sunny South Florida. It was this nasty flea market. Um, bless it, though. It has a lot of memories in my heart, but it was this nasty uh, flea market. And I wrestled a one-on-one -on -one match with one of my trainers, a uh, East Coast cat named Jimmy Janetti. And Jimmy Janetti took such good care of me, man. He was great with uh, – he really understands professional wrestling and storytelling. And it was great to pick his brain. I had a one-on-one -on -one match with him. And I remember that he the he asked me, what do I want as a finish? He says, do you want 
do you want me to beat you with the Michinoku driver or to beat you with the pile driver? And I got so excited. I'm like, pile driver, beat me with the pile driver. <laughs> um, I want, like, I, again, I want to say that there was maybe like 60 or 80 people there, if even that. Could have been 50, to be completely honest. To me, it felt like it, to me, it felt like a thousand people. Like I was just riding that high right there. It being my first match and it being in front of a live crowd. It was so awesome. Like, well, I'm living my dream here. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was outside Opelaka Flea Market. It was hot, <laughs> but you know, I will never, I will never forget that. Oh man, that's awesome. So after, you know, I know that brief, you moved to Vegas as well. And were you training on, uh, how's pretty much the, your involvement with Future Stars of Wrestling and were you training on their facility as well when you moved to Vegas? Yeah, so I it got to a point down in South Florida where I just felt like I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm not getting where I want to be. And it has nothing to do with the training. I think it's just that wrestling is so spread out in Florida. Um, and there's really only, it's also very, at least at that time, was very oversaturated. So unless you really, really knew somebody, unless you really, really knew who was booking, it was hard for you to get booked on those shows. So I just, I think I got bored of Florida too. Like I was uh, being, I still had that influence of the raver friends and of the party friends. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to change. I need to move somewhere and I need to start over and just focus on wrestling. So I talked it over with Gangrel. He was a little bit iffy about me moving to Vegas only because he cares about me and he did not want me falling back into that, you know, party lifestyle. But I rest assured him that, hey, I'm, I'm going to be okay. This is for wrestling. I'm moving over there for wrestling. So he hooked me up with Sin Bodhi, who is a great dear friend of his. And uh, Mr. Sin Bodhi, he took me under his wing since I got out here to Vegas. And uh, yeah, so I was, what was that? July of 2019 was when I flew, literally just packed my bags and flew out here. I was gonna try to take my car, but my car broke down oh. maybe two or three weeks prior to me uh, moving out. So I told myself, if I don't, if I use the car as an excuse to not move, I'm just gonna stay stuck in Florida forever. So I'm just gonna buy a plane ticket pack as much stuff as I can, came with like two or three bags. And yeah, literally just took a chance on myself and moved across the country. And that's when I met, uh, in person, met Sin Bodhi at Future Stars of Wrestling. And they got, uh, he got me in and he basically, he has an amazing mind for storytelling and for getting the most out of the smallest stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he, sense. he could he could tell you how to, he could teach you, I should say, how to work armbar for a whole match. Make it make sense and keep the crowd entertained during that. He's also one of the people that, when I was coming up with the Jay Vidal character, helped me come up with small little aspects of the Jay Vidal character. He would tell me, go look in the mirror. How would your character look when they're, mad how would they look when they're sad how would they look when they're running away when they're scared when they want to fight but they're scared to fight or when they're pretending that they you know are actually about that life but they're really scared you know to be like you know that heel quote unquote he uh 
he taught me he taught me so much i'm forever grateful for him as well but yeah that's uh that's about my involvement with future stars of wrestling and i'm glad to say that they gave me a really big chance and they've been running with me uh running with me ever since that's awesome and also another thing for me that i you know that i was really happy you know throughout your career as well that your involvement with impact as well you know you know that was a fantastic you know that you were actually on a you know a major platform like in impact you know being you know being alongside with like you know with Eric Young, Jonah, Rhino, like you know, name them all in the roster. But how was the environment there when you first showed up and when you got the call, like you want to come down to Impact, you know, and have a couple matches? How was the environment? How was the experience for the first time? Like just you know, being at a major platform like such as Impact. Well, speaking of uh Sin Bodhi, so Sin um was one who gave me the call. I remember I had uh I was training and I go and I check my phone because I was about to head out and I had like a bunch of missed calls and a bunch of texts from Simbodi. He's like, hey, give me a call when you can't give him a call. He says, D-Lo's looking for a guy for Eric Young and I pitched your name. You know what I mean? Like, like, are you down to do it? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm down to do it. Uh, so he gave me D-Lo's information. D-Lo, um, D-Lo and I have a nice little chat and I show up to Impact. And it's like this nerve wracking thing where I'm just, you know, just dress nice, but waiting and you don't know if it's gonna happen or not because you don't know what happens until it happens, right? <laughs> uh, D'Lo finally comes over. He's like, Mr. Vidal, come with me. And I was like, okay. Man, when I tell you that I will put over this locker room every day of the week, this these people are amazing. Everybody there from the head of media relations all the way down you know everybody over there treated me with kindness and respect as though i was part of that locker room on my first day there like uh trey miguel is another one who was super super nice and you know i remember asking him like hey is it cool if i change her he's like look at me he's like man the locker room's for everybody come over and rhino's another one man rhino is just super kind and went out of his way to make sure that i was comfortable over there um i also had the the honor of meeting you know one of my childhood heroes which was mickey james <laughs> uh, yeah it was amazing and um you know it's it, it was it was really an amazing experience over there at impact i am forever grateful for it uh scott Demore is another one who was really really nice to me too um yeah man it was great it was like i to me I still watch it back and even in that moment when I shared the ring with Eric Young when I was across the ring from him, I remember thinking, wow, this feels like I'm in a dream right now. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, but actually the two nights prior to that, I was, that was when I won the PCW Ultralight Championship. That's right. Two and nights prior to that. Back in October when you went on the Fatal 4-Way and that was a yes. fantastic match we was going to get to. That was two nights before. So, yeah, everything was just coming in all in one stone. Like, everything was coming for you. And I was there in October, so I I, I was rooting on. I was like, yes, I was happy that you won the belt. And I'm glad that, you know, PCW, you know, got in contact with you and, you know, got you involved with them. And how does it And can you say at least, because that could be, or if you have something else, what can you say that can, that has been so far your 
uh, inspiring, you know, like, how can I say it? I'm trying to find the words, my apologies. Uh, you could say that's your, your highlight of your career as we speak right now, winning the PCW Ultra Lightweight Championship, or what has, or what has been like your highlight in your career so far, currently? That's tough because I always like, I think that you're only as good as your last match, as only as good as your last appear, your last big appearance. Um, so as grateful as I am for being on Impact, as grateful as I am for winning the PCW Ultralight Championship, as grateful as I am for, you know, having the honor of beating Chris Bay for the FSW No Limits Championship, I think that the highlight of my career so far was being able to go to the collective in Dallas and carry both those belts out there and be able to raise both of them up and be like, yeah, that's, that's an LGBTQ talent right there. That's representing two of the most prominent companies in the West coast in future stars of wrestling and PCW ultra. And it's crazy going back to that day of PCW ultra in October. um, Matt Vandergriff at the time was actually my roommate. And he's one of my best friends. Like I still keep in contact with him to this day. Uh, He's living out in Orlando now. And the reason why I got on PCW was because of him because PCW made a tweet, uh, right? It was right after they announced Matt Vandergriff and they said, who would you want to see in PCW Ultra? Um, So it was something along those lines or for the ultralight, you know, for the tournament for the ultralight championship or whatever the case might've been. And Matt Vandergriff put my name on there. And within 10 minutes, I remember uh, PCW contacted me back and said, hey, like, do you have any footage? I sent them my footage. And the what I got in response was after about uh, 15 or 30 minutes, I said, thank you for your submission. And I said, well, that's a kind way to tell me to <laughs> tell me that they're not going to take me. <laughs> thank you for your submission. I was like, well, I guess, you know, <laughs> I guess that's, I guess that was that. All right. At least, hey, at least they asked for it. Um, and a few weeks down the line, they ended up saying, we got something uh, for this coming show. Uh, would you be available for it? We don't know what it's going to be yet. We're thinking um, either uh, a gauntlet or something of that sort. Uh, I'd never heard of the double shot duel. That was my first one. So when they did announce, I'm like, okay, oh, this these rules are really, are really awesome. You know, the last person gets to choose their tag partner, and you know, once that match happens, they get to go one on one with each other. And yeah, man, it was something <laughs> surreal to be a part of and to have a company trust you. All they'd seen was tape. You know, they hadn't really experienced Jay Vidal in person. All they'd seen, I'd sent them over numerous amount of tape, uh, recorded a promo for them. And I'm forever grateful for PCW Ultra because I feel like they really legitimized Jay Vidal in the eyes of a lot of people. Absolutely, and they do, and they absolutely do. Which I'm gonna ask because you're gonna have your first title defense and you're facing Jack Cartwheel. And we already know about Cartwheel's credentials. So how are you prepared for this upcoming match coming on May 13th against Jack Cartwheel? I mean, he is, you know, an incredible talent, like, you know, just like yourself. So uh, how are you preparing for this match? Man, lots of training. Lots of training. I'm watching his tape. I'm checking out every move that he does. I'm talking about I, – I was able to share the ring with Jack Cartwheel uh, for a – 
promotion over there in California once already. And I got a small feel for him because we only shared the ring for a little bit. I literally want to say only maybe a minute, two minutes. I got a small feel for him. So from that small feel, I was able to implement that into training with my people who've trained in Lucha, who've trained in that style of wrestling and practicing his moves, seeing how I could reverse anything that he does from the top rope, that top rope finish that he does, you know, the red arrow, that cartwheel into a elbow drop that he does into the ring. I am scouting everything that he's doing and I'm making sure that I have a reversal for it because that's what a champ does. A champ is ready for their opponent. It's when you get to the top of the mountain, that's when the real work begins because that's when you have a target on your back. You, people think that, I I remember I was talking to one of my close friends about this. People think that that's a gimmick or, you know, that that's a quote unquote, a work, right? That Mm -hmm. you have a target on your back. No, baby. When you carry a title, you legitimately have a target on your back because every other professional wrestler who goes through those doors wants that title. But I've, listen, I have not defended that title yet. This will be my first title defense, May the 13th, Friday the 13th. You know, it's a new beginning, but it's going to be the same result. It's going to be Jay Vidal on top. I don't plan on losing that title anytime soon. I'm going to carry it until I get signed. And who knows, even after I get signed, I might still carry that title if I feel like it. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I also wanted to mention, because you mentioned you wanted to wrestle Chris Bay, and you did. How was you finally had your dream come true? You know, beating Chris Bay for that FSW No Limit Championship. How was you know? How was the experience? You know, sharing the ring with with Chris Bay, such an incredible talent like himself. But and then you finally got it. So and then not only that, winning as well. So how was that feeling? I'm pretty sure it was just wow. Like I was just like that was your. You could say, I, I mean, I'm saying, I, I'm saying it for you, but I feel like that was like your a moment right there, just like, you know, beating Chris Bay. So how was that experience? So Chris Bay was on top of my list of people that I wanted to share a ring with, that I wanted to run a program with. I would tell him constantly, like, you know, because uh, I remember when I first moved out here to Vegas, I rode in a car with Chris Bay. Um because he had an open spot in uh, in his car for a show that he was going to. And I remember asking, hey, could I ride with you? And this guy just put unlimited amounts of knowledge into me. And this was right before he got signed by Impact. And once he got signed, you know, he started, of course, blowing up as he should because he's a star, man, and just an all-around great human being. So I'm super happy for him. And I remember just always thinking to myself, man, I know for a fact that I could hang with Bay, and I know that we could do something special together. Luckily, the stars just aligned to that, to lead to that event for New Year's, the New Year's uh, show at Future Stars Wrestling to where he and I could share the ring. Um, to me, man, that, that match meant the world because I am big on manifestation. I think that if you put stuff out into the universe, of course, with hard work, because without hard work, you're never going to get there. You can't just, if not, you're just wishing. But right. if you put it out there, if you, you know, believe in it, meditate for it, pray for it, whatever you believe to be true for it, and then put in that hard work behind it, you can make anything come true. And I, I think that 
a year long of manifesting. I believe heavily that I manifested the PCW Ultralight Championship. I believe that I manifested that Best W No Limits Championship. And I believe that I manifested that match and that moment and to end the year on such a high where, you know, not only did I win the title, but I got the, you know, the, the hug and the respect afterwards. And he and I shared a moment. Um, a lot of people really don't notice. I had no clue that I was winning the belt. And that is a shoot right there. I had no <laughs> clue that I was winning the belt. Like once the pin came, you know, the referee counted three and that look, that shock look was the realest shock look that you'll get. Those tears were the realest tears that you will get. And that hug in that moment that he and I shared where, you know, he, he, he said something to me, which I'll, I'll keep to myself. And I said something to him, which, you know, like, we'll just keep that to ourselves. Cause I think, you know, like that, that I think it was a bond shared at that moment that was special to the both of us for our own reasons, man. But I'm grateful that I had it and I hope to do it again on a, you know what I mean? Some, somewhere where the lights are brighter down the road. Indeed. And we will, you will definitely, you will. And, and that's the case. What will you choose? You know, what venue will you choose and who will you choose to face? If, you know, if you're able to make your own dream match and, you know, could possibly maybe maybe it can happen. So what, where would it be and who would you face? Like right now at this point in time, this version of Jay Vidal, you mean? Absolutely. So I had on my, this year, the top of my list was Effie. And I'm grateful that we were able to make that happen in Grab House Las Vegas. Effie is a talent. You know, Effie taught me out a lot, man. So Effie... He helped put my name out there, getting me on the big gay brunches, getting me on that, you know, on that radar of the LGBTQ community. Um, so I'm grateful that that match already happened. I think my top top of my list right now is uh, the Dark Sheik. She is such an amazing talent, she has is. such a great brain for the business too. She's an amazing soul as well. I. I genuinely would love to face her any place, anywhere. She is on top of my list right now. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I, I would love to see that. She is incredibly talented. That's for sure. And I would love to see that. You know, you mentioned Effie as well, because Effie as well is a great inspiration for the LGBTQ community. Uh, how was, you know, how does it become about, you know, you getting involved with GCW and F, you know, with Effie? Because he, honestly, for me, he's one of the pioneers there for, you know, for GCW. And so how was your involvement, you know, how did you get involved with GCW and with Effie, you know, being in those, you know, high platforms that, you know, they, you know the big gate brunch and I, and the recent one in Dallas as well. I, I did see that one. That was phenomenal too. I did see that. It was really great. So how, you know, how did it become all about? Oh man. All right. So I, when I started doing this character, I got introduced. No, I'm sorry. I lied. There was a show in, south florida uh blueprint pro wrestling and i helped set up the ring for that show with hopes of getting on it i didn't get on it but effie uh was one of the wrestlers on that show this was like 26 no i want to say made like 2017 2018 ish and effie um i remember just seeing this guy's tights that said daddy on them and i look at him and i'm like are you daddy and he says i am and then walks away <laughs> and i was like I was like, this guy was like, yeah, this thing's really freaking cool. I 
following him on uh, Instagram, vice versa. I think he was able to see my growth to that J. Vidal character. And the first uh, Big Gay Brunch, I believe, um, I believe I was on the second one, and I could be wrong. It was our second or third one uh, for Tampa Mania Weekend. But prior to that, I tried to get on the other Big Gay Brunches. There, you know, he does the booking along with Brett Lauderdale. So I just don't think that at that point there was spot there was a spot for me. But then finally I got on the one in Tampa with my uh, ex tag partner Parada. Um and that's when I got introduced to Brett Lauderdale. But it was still I kind of just went over there for uh for a match that only lasted two minutes, but I was able to get to know people. I was able to gain the respect of the people in the ring with me, which was the most important thing uh, with Pero and his part and his tag partner. Um, and after that, I the next big gay brunch was coming around, which was uh, Effie's big gay brunch, Chicago. And on that one, I just harassed Effie, like <laughs> would message him. <laughs> literally like at the at the end of every it started like at the beginning of every week and like end of every week you know it'd be like monday tuesday hey effie like you know you got a spot for you know the big gay brunch you know then the weekend would come hey effie just you know double checking on the big gay brunch and luckily uh after about three or four weeks he got back to me and just said yes um i'm talking with the promoter right now i'll let you know and then finally he said, you're on. And I was like, yes, this is the time to show out. Uh, I've always been one to do, you know, crazy stuff when there's a reason for it and when there's a big enough crowd for it. So I saw this big wall over there at the big gay brunch. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump off that. <laughs> and <laughs> I did. <laughs> and, you know, that, uh, that, that, Something I think that the GCW and the PCW crowds have in common is that these they're diehard fans. Yeah, they, they are. Give their all. I still to this day have not found a crowd like a GCW or a PCW ultra crowd because these these crowds just give their energy to you, and it's crazy because when you're feeding off of that energy, you're able to give it back to them ten times over. Uh, so yes, I, I, I did a, uh, whisper in the wind off a wall in a scramble match. I was put over in that scramble. Um, and I talked to the promoter after that, uh, to Brett Lauderdale. And he said, um, what's your information? We'll see about getting you booked on LA shows. And I've been getting on, uh, their LA fights shows as well as some GCW shows too. So yeah, it's good. It's good to know that I'm in that conversation now that you know you look at you look at the the la uh la fights and you know jay vidal is one of the top people on there and you look at you know pcw and jay vidal is the ultralight champion these are two companies which i wanted to work for for so long and now i'm blessed enough to you know to be here and be doing it Oh yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad, especially for PCW. And I, what I want to see soon, I want to see you actually going for the PCW Heavyweight Championship. I want to see that happening. I listen. Anything is possible, right? <laughs> anything is possible. At the end of the day, anything is possible. I never turned down a challenge. I was able to share the ring with um with Hammerstone. 
man, I was able to share the ring with him in 2021. At the, we were still, the, the pandemic was still kind of like, you know, still had everything pretty iffy, but he and I uh, shared the ring in a, in a small company in Arizona. And he actually uh, put me over on Twitter after that. So, you know, as he basically said, yeah, this, this kid can hang, go give him a follow. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And I was running on two hours of sleep, so I was proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, was one of those, it was one of those, like, you know, wrestled the night before, got in a car the next morning, and then did a, did a four-hour drive, and then find out that you're wrestling Hammerstone. Oh, all right, let's do this. But amazing guy, you know, tons of knowledge himself, just a star. You look at him, and that's a star. That's somebody who... I've been working hard on my body, honestly, because of him, because I want to be able to stand across the ring from him and say, hey, you know, like I, for me to be able to stand across the ring from him and for it to not look like such a difference, to not look like, you know, a skeleton and, you know, uh, a monster, I wanted to at least look like David and Goliath more than anything else. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so that's definitely, that is definitely a goal. And I think it is a very achievable goal at least to manifest a match like that. Um, PCW, PCW is such a great place to learn too. Like the last time I was over there um, in October, I remember Kevin Sullivan agented our match and I'm over there. He, he, he talked about the smile that I had, man. <laughs> the, the Sheik was right there and, uh, and so was uh, Kevin Sullivan. And I remember just like, Looking at Sheikin, I was I, I just had like this big smile on my face when he was telling me, you know, like the plans for the day and Kevin Sullivan putting his input as well as what he thought should go on in the match and why it would make the most sense. I remember at first I was like, Wow, man, like they're 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 kind of cutting a lot of my moves out. You know, mm -hmm. like my 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 baby brain was thinking that like this is cutting my moves out. And I remember just the voice in the back of my head saying, Dude, you're like you're getting advice right now from Kevin Sullivan. Like you better shut your mouth and know that there is a reason why he's known as one of the greatest minds in the business. And once I did, and once I got, you know, that, uh, the baby brain of indie wrestling ego out of my way and said, I'm going to listen to him. We did that match exactly how they helped put it together. And when it went out there and when it worked, that's, I think when it clicked in my brain, uh, whoa, okay. Less is more. That, you know storytelling matters more than anything else don't get me wrong you might see me in my matches you know going a little over and beyond but something that i always took away from that is storytelling above everything else in a match will always connect with the crowd no matter how you know bloodthirsty or you know, uh, you know hardcore type of fan base they might seem like they will always appreciate storytelling which i think is uh, art form that is lost in wrestling. And I'm grateful to have guys like Kevin Sullivan, you know, show showing guys like us that are up and comers, hey, you know, you could do your cool stuff, but this storytelling, this is always going to be the bread and butter of professional wrestling. Yes, indeed. And you said it very well. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of keeping that body, that gorgeous body right there. So yes. I know you got to have a cheat day. So talk to me at least if you you gotta have at least one meal that you're able to eat every day what what would that one meal be that you can eat every day 
Man, once a week, I like to just get Pizza Hut. <laughs> once a week, I, I need, I need, when I do need to do a cheat day, you know, I get that Pizza Hut, man. Pizza Hut always does me well. Um, this isn't really a cheat day one, but I do, people will tell you that I love Panda Express. Uh, okay. I probably should not be eating Panda Express before my matches, but like from time to time, you might catch, you know what I mean? Just chunk it out on some uh, orange chicken and honey walnut shrimp. But, yeah. <laughs> well, what about uh? Wait, what's your nationality, by the way? You're Puerto Rican, right? Is is that your, your nationality? See, what about see. what about Puerto Rican food? Por qué la comida de puertorriqueña? Por qué nada de eso? I do. I love Puerto Rican food. Puerto Rican food has a special place in my heart. My only thing is, you don't go. I love Panda Express, but if I wanted real Chinese food, real real Chinese food, I would go to a real Chinese food place. Yeah. So my only thing is, uh, I have not been able to find a place, at least over here in the West Coast, that gives real Puerto Rican food. Uh, you know, down in South Florida, that was way easier to find. In Puerto Rico, of course, you know, I got my grandma cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my oh, my pretty... family cooking over there. So, you know, over there, you know, you're able to have the, the mofongo and that good Puerto Rican food. You're not able to really find that in the West Coast. If anybody knows any place, hey, you know, DM me and let me know and I might try it out. Oh, man. I'm looking for one, too. So you're not the only one. I've been looking around here all over L.A., you know, because I'm in L.A. I'm, like, all over Koreatown. And, you know, they have, you know, different varieties in, in Koreatown. But I'm like, what about, you know, Puerto Rican food? I want to try Puerto Rican food as well. I never had the opportunity to try it. I've been dying to try it as well. I've been hearing so much good about it. I just love the culture as well. So I, I just can't. If I find it before you do, I will let you know. I will definitely let you know <laughs> once you're out here in Cali. That's for sure. Please do, oh, please do. Oh yeah, definitely. I will. Now, before I don't want to count the pandemic because you know the pandemic is eh. I don't. I it's bullshit. But prior to that, I know you were on the road before as well. I'm mean, that's if you do have a story, if you're able to share. Has there anything funny ever happened down the road? Maybe you know before the pandemic or after? Oh, all right. Let me see. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> see if anything really, 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 really comes to mind. Man, I mean, not really, um, I promise you a million stories will come into my head right after the, <laughs> the podcast <laughs> is over. It's all good. But, but literally, literally the, the biggest one that I could think about, um, like I always, for whatever reason, the ones that come to mind are just the nerve wracking ones. You know what I mean? Like the wild ones. Uh, <laughs> like I remember um, probably one of the, the quote unquote worst uh, car rides over was to, um, was actually to a show in Arizona where I was with Damien Drake and, uh, and Matt Vandergrift. Damien Drake who's such an amazing talent, by the way, and needs to be on a lot more people's radars um he he and i actually uh we ended up going driving three hours to find out that so there's this uh going to arizona from vegas there's this two-way street yeah and on that two-way street it goes on for miles i want to say almost like an hour and a half two hours and there was a car accident like right right when we were getting towards the end of it there was a car accident and it blocked off both the roads 
and we're smack dab in the middle of nowhere and we are running late to the show as it is so we literally had to like turn around and like go all the way over dude it was just such a nightmare oh. <laughs> but like we're over there like calling the match and you know messaging the <laughs> the promoter <laughs> luckily we got there on time nothing nothing bad happened um but yeah i mean besides like the occasional you know i just i can't think of anything right now you know the occasional <laughs> rib you know what i mean of course those will always be a thing you know somebody's sleeping you just slam on the brakes and then just wake them up <laughs> <laughs> But but nah, man. Like you share you share so much. Something I always learned from Simbodi is that you share so much brotherhood. You know, through those car trips, you share. That's really when you get to know the people around you and the people that you never thought that you would connect with. You end up finding so much love with. I actually do got a story that came to mind now. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This was a good one too. Uh, Florida, no peace underground. I got booked for this death match show. I didn't know it was a death match show. I thought I just accepted a booking <laughs> for an LGBTQ show. I love Pero to death. He's my, you know, him and Effie, I call him my gay wrestling dad. I love you, Pero. He did not tell me it was a, a death match show. So I got booked for this death match show called Fear the Gay Agenda. Did it. Great show uh, at that time. Um, Taya Valkyrie was signed to uh to WWE and her and some other NXT people came um came to that show and they were standing up, you know, up in the, in the crowd, you know, where they where they weren't seen or anything. And I remember meeting Taya there and her and I became good friends. We end up going to a bar. I got bored at the bar. I don't do good in straight bars, those are boring for me. So I said, hey. I don't know about you guys, I wanna to go to a gay bar. If y'all don't, that's cool. I think I'm going to because I'm in Orlando right now and I wanna experience it. We end up going, you know, they were all down to do it. And we end up going to the gay bar. It's me, uh, one of my other trainers over here, cheerleader Melissa, uh, who was over there visiting and Taya Valkyrie, um, Pero, and a few other uh, indie wrestlers went over there. I go to the bathroom and I end up um, making out with this guy uh, <laughs> over there at the, in the bathroom of the gay club. Okay, you know, we make out, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. Go back over to Taya and uh, another wrestler by the name of uh, Dylan McQueen, who's a great uh, East Coast talent. And I hope the very best for him because that guy is going to blow up once he gets the right eyes on him. Um, so we're over there talking and the guy that I just made out with walks over like marches over pushes Dylan McQueen out of the way pushes Taya Valkyrie out the way and starts making out with me and I'm over here like <laughs> like the look of shock on her face like what the fuck <laughs> you know I, I I got the I got the worker mentality right so I'm thinking to myself okay I'm looking like three steps ahead here if I push him out the way right now and say get away from me that's gonna cause a scene right and it's gonna yeah. ruin the night for everybody so I take one for the team. I turn him around. I keep making out with him and I say my goodbyes. Like, you know what I mean? Like a gentleman. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Literally love every it. time that I see Taya, we always mention that story. That's another one uh, who I would love to work at PCW. I think that match would be amazing. I'm just putting it out there. 
PCW uh, higher ups, but I think me and Ty Valkyrie would have a killer match for the ages. For PCW I think you, I just think putting you it out would. there. I think you guys would. I would definitely. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some calls. I think I'm gonna have to. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Now, last question here. If any upcoming people that were actually want to pursue this career, and you know, especially you know, being in the LGBTQ community, what would be the best advice you could give them, especially if they want to pursue this career in professional wrestling? Um, I think that the best advice that I could give anybody, especially in the LGBTQ community now coming up, is be yourself. Be yourself because you can't be anybody else and nobody else could be you be you could try to imitate this person this person this person but they're already themselves and they are thriving because they are themselves so be yourself whatever that may mean you know if it's if whatever ideas as crazy as they might sound to other people bring them to life i remember when i started doing this uh this character when I started being Jay Vidal, I was told by a lot of people that it would not work. I was told by a lot of people that, you know, that there's not a place in wrestling for uh, gay talent. And if there is, he'll be treated like a quote unquote, like a Rico, you know, in uh, in mid 2000s WWE, you know, where they will just be a comedy act. And, you know, just just be who you want to be in this business, be who you want to be remembered as and go all out you know gangrel always told me and i always keep this hard you're either all in or you're all out there's no in between you know if you're not giving it your all you're all out train hard and strive to be the very best don't look at anybody else's competition i don't look around and see competition i look around and see my peers i look around and see people that inspire me. My only competition is in the mirror every morning. That's it. That's my only competition. I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday. Um, wise words. Love it. Great, great words of wisdom from you. But and I know you got a busy schedule. You're a workhorse, by the way. I'm, I'm looking at your schedule. I mean, you're, you're, you're actually you're performing Friday at FSW. You're fighting Eli Everfly. And then you have Actually, well, that happened last week, right? That was last week, right? Okay. Yes, 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 last, yeah, 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 yeah. Last week, I'm see, I'm looking at dates wrong. And then, uh, no, no, I, uh, I, I'm very big on staying busy. I'm very big on building the brand. Uh, I think one of the best things I've been able to do, uh, because due to unforeseen circumstances, right? PCW has not been able to, to run, and uh, I was supposed to defend my title for the first time in December for PCW Ultra, but I ended up uh, catching COVID. <laughs> and that was the old old fashioned wrestling show where we were. Uh, I was there as well. Uh, you were supposed to face uh, Kevin Blackwood, and Kevin I was looking Black for such an amazing talent. I was able to work him down the line, luckily. Uh, but such an amazing talent. Um, he's blowing up, which I'm so happy for him that he is because he deserves it. He's such. You talk about an amazing person, amazing talent. That's Kevin Blackwood. I can't put him over enough. Um, I was supposed to work him and that morning I was feeling really sick and I got a text from one of my uh from one of my wrestling friends and they said, Hey, I just found out I have COVID wanna let you know. My flight was at like one PM and I got that text at like eleven in the morning after getting out the shower. 
or it was like 10 in the morning after getting out of the shower and I was getting ready to to head to the airport. And I remember going to buy uh, one of the, one of the, you know, quick tests. And yeah, long story short, I ended up finding out I had COVID, which sucked because I was supposed to work Blackwood that match. Uh, Titus Alexander, who I just uh, worked this past week, an amazing talent uh, in his own right. I was supposed to work him. And then I was, the week after that, I was supposed to uh, have Davey Richards in a fatal four-way match. Yes. But unfortunately, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, so I wasn't able to work, like, you know, defend my PCW Ultralight Championship, but I'm big, I'm big on branding regardless. So I'm out there. I'm putting in the work. I'm hot and I'm staying hot by, you know, working these other companies and representing myself as the proud PCW ultralight champion. That is right. Because on May 13th, make sure, ladies and gentlemen, for all you SoCal Pro Wrestling fans, purchase your tickets. Make sure the description is right below. If you want to see, of course, the Alpha Batty right here defending the PCW Ultra Lightweight Championship against Jack Harvey because that match is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward. And I'll, you know, before I let you go, Mr. Vidal, I just want to go ahead and thank you very much for taking the opportunity. Uh, to come on the show today, and you're welcome anytime back. Well, love to have you back, especially you know having you b- back again, having that belt, having you back again, maybe with the PCW Heavyweight Championship, maybe soon. You know, you, you never know. Hey, hey, you never know. You know what? I'll tell you what. I am so confident. I'm so confident in my abilities. I'm so confident in my training. I'm so confident in my skills to say that Jack Harwell will give me a hell of a fight. I will never take anything away from him because he is an absolute star. But baby, where there's a star, there's always a star that shines brighter. And that star that shines brighter is Jay Vidal. And I promise you at the end of May 13th, I'm just gonna be looking around. Well, that announcer says, and still PCW ultralight champion. So you know what? Why not have me on the show after I defend my title? It absolutely will do. And so we can also let the people know where can they find you. Let the people know where can they find Jay Vidal on social media. All my ads are at the Jay Vidal. That's the J-A-I-V-I-D-A-L. That is on Facebook. That is on Instagram. That is on Twitter. You know what? I don't post often on TikTok, but if you want to tag me in some funny TikToks, that's my TikTok too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the description right below will be all his social media platforms, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Mr. J. Videl. Videl. Gracias por todo por estar aquí con nosotros en Cerco Debate. Y te agradezco mucho con todo y te voy a apoyar. Y ya sabes que voy a estar soportándolo también. Gracias por todo lo que haces por la comunidad también, especialmente y te apoyamos aquí también que hablamos español no solo es inglés gracias 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 no no te lo agradezco de verdad gracias ya tú sabes hay que representar ah, exactamente well there you have it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in do not forget SoCal Pro Wrestling fans buy your tickets buy your tickets because you don't want to miss this event this epic event PCW Ultra May 13th a new beginning because it's going to be a new beginning with Jay Vidal thank you so much for tuning in guys And we'll see you guys on the next one.